Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're so glad you joined us live today, and we're honoring our social distancing by calling in for the show. As we have a live show, usually, we think it's important for us to be here with stories of hope for our listeners. And thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. Today, I have some food news for everyone. Actually, the Specialty Foods Association is getting ready for Specialty Foods Live coming up in later in January. So if you're interested in doing that, make sure and go to their website and check it out. Um, I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Donna Parker, and she has a company called Blondie's Baked Goods. Blondie's Baked Goods are specializing in paleo foods, and they're gluten-free, dairy, and grain-free, and sugar-free, too. Welcome, Donna. Can you tell us a little bit about your product and how you got started? Hi, thank you, Sarah. I'm so honored to be a part of your show and to speak to your listeners. Um, I've been so grateful to uh, be a part of this community. So I have been um, gluten-free for over 10 years now, but started Blondie's a little over a year ago. Mm. And really my passion behind Blondie's is well, honestly, I feel like Blondie's came to me. Um, I did not seek out having a food business. It wasn't something that was on my heart. I have a background in being in the beauty industry. However, I've always had a love and passion for baking and for cooking and especially more allergy-friendly foods like in the paleo realm. And especially um, having an allergy for the past 10 years. I got a question for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before we go any further, can you explain to everyone what paleo means? Yes, yes. Um, so gluten-free, dairy-free, grain-free, and refined sugar-free. So, so does really that anti-inflammatory. Mean, okay, so but when people think of paleo, they think of like dinosaurs and cavemen <laughs> and women, right? Yeah, I mean, it's that's actually kind of, the makeups and the foundation of it, it's really, if it has a mother comes from the ground, that's pretty much what you're eating. It's very simple, very basic. Uh, the premise of it is anti-inflammatory. So we're really trying to focus on foods that are more healing and less anti-inflammatory to the body. The cool thing about the creativity of paleo, because then you say, I say all of those things, it's free of all of these things. And you're like, oh, is this going to taste like cardboard? Um, and a lot of people do feel that way, um, that it's not going to have anything fun and flavorful and you're missing out on all of your favorite foods. 
and actually that's where I really feel like I um, have a lot of fun and kind of geek out in this realm and especially the baking side is I love that challenge of being able to say, oh, I can take your, make your favorite gluten-free or chocolate chip cookie and I can eliminate all of those food groups out of it and make it taste like your favorite chocolate chip cookie growing up. And I think that's just the creativity thing. They taste really good. Thank you. So yes, more of a anti-inflammatory diet. And honestly, that journey started for me with healing my body from endometriosis and having, um, struggling with some autoimmune and, uh, lots of health concerns. And so it started with gluten-free and then it just, it was layered. It wasn't all in one shot because it's really hard to take it all out in one shot. So it was a process and it was baby steps. Yeah. And I think I met you three, is it three years ago? No, a year and a half or so. Longer, but maybe I know it does. You launched. No, maybe it was too. No, it was, it was right before I launched. And so I met with you to kind of pick your brain and think, do I even have anything? Is this anything mm-hmm. good? Yeah, that's right. So you came to the Food Innovation Center and you had these very beautiful little cakes with you. Can you tell us how people can find you on social media? Yes, I'm under Blondie's Baked Goods, but it's with a Y. So B-L-O-N-D-Y-S, Baked Goods. It's under Facebook and Instagram and then website as well. Okay, so right now you have how many items that you sell locally? Can you tell us what they are and how many different types you have? Yeah, so what I have are just, I call them Blondie's Bites, but they're a cookie dough base baked into a mini muffin tin. So it's kind of this fun hybrid of a cookie and a muffin. And I have two core flavors, um, almond poppy seed and chocolate chip toasted pecan. And those are like the main ones that you'll find uh, market of choice. So they're in all of the market of choices and then a handful of coffee choice. choice. Yes. They're so amazing at sort um, supporting uh, entrepreneurs and startups. And they really gave me my chance in kind of launching Blondies. And I've been so grateful for them and still have been with them since I started. Um, So that's been a really fun journey. So I have those two flavors. And then for the local coffee shops that I service, I will do fun seasonal flavors. So I'll do, uh, I did pumpkin spice chocolate chip this fall and then gingerbread white chocolate. Ooh, that sounds really yummy. So tell us a little bit about changing from your original career path to becoming a baker and doing both at the same time. I think you're balancing both things still. Can you tell us how you do that? Yes. Um, It is a little bit of a juggle on top of being a full-time single mom. So that has its own elements as well in, you know, how do I pour into these businesses and then be a good mom and entrepreneur and doing all of that at the same time. So, um, it's a, it's a balancing act. Uh, definitely. I think having a community and support and people to reach out to is really helpful as well. Um, honestly, I think it kind of backs up a little bit in that I did not see this on my heart to have this. I was, I had my aesthetics business, 
leasing a room out of a salon, mm-hmm. really just doing what I've done for over 10 years and facials and waxing and makeup and just loving on women that way. And I was um, complaining to the local coffee shop next to the salon about how frustrated I am that I didn't believe our coffee shops were really servicing the allergy-friendly community in a way that made it feel like I could go and have a cup of coffee with my friend. And while they had a scone, was there something that I could eat as well? And a lot of our shops really weren't providing that. Um, But instead of like, okay, well, what complaining to her was more like, how can we do better? And it was just really me picking her brain and like, well, we're in the Portland Metro area. How do we not have anybody doing this and providing this service um, and these baked goods? And she said, I just really don't know of anybody who's doing that. Um, Well, what would that look like to you? So it was great. She like spun it back on me and was like, well, as the consumer who is seeking this, what would you find? And what would you like to see? And I was like, I don't know. I make these paleo cookies for me and my son. And why can't somebody do something like that? She's like, well, I haven't seen it and I want to try them. I thought she was crazy. (laughs) I was like, I make them at home. Uh, why on earth would you want to try them? And so that's honestly how it started. I, oh, you brought her some you baked at home? Yeah, I brought them over to her shop. I sampled them out to her and her team. They fell in love with them. And she said, hey, if you find a commercial kitchen, I want to buy these from you. And that's cool. So she was your first business to business customer. Yeah. And Shout honestly, out to that's, her. What's her name of her shop? Uh, Casey, she owns Willamette Coffee House. So I'm in the Westland area. Willamette Coffee House. And if it was not for Willamette Coffee House, I honestly don't think Blondies would have come to life. I would have not had that push and encouragement to really dive into this and see what I could do with it. And I was just really intentional of like, okay, if this is what I'm supposed to do, then I'll find a commercial kitchen. And then I found a commercial kitchen. Like, And where was your first commercial kitchen? Do you, are you still in the same one or have you been in different ones? I recently switched gears. And so I am in a different one, but I started off at Stella's Kitchen and that was a great experience. I'm super grateful for Sarah giving me the opportunity to um, dive into that kitchen and just really see if this was something that was going to work. Can you tell us about Sarah and Stella's Kitchen? Where's that located? She's in Beaverton and she's a paleo food delivery company. Oh. And so we kind of shared that same passion for paleo foods. And it was, I knew it was going to be a safe kitchen. There was no gluten there. So I didn't have to worry about cross-contamination. I could safely provide a celiac friendly product to our local shops. So people can trust you. Yeah. And that was really important to me. I was like, if I'm, going to be servicing the gluten-free community. I need to do this correctly and not cross-contaminate and be in a kitchen that was safe so that I could safely give this to somebody who has celiac. And then you said now you're in a different kitchen. Where did you move your kitchen to? So I'm over at um, Middle Ground Farms. So the kitchen at Middle Ground Farms over in uh, Wilsonville. Oh. And, And so that's been kind of a... I, I love how everything kind of works itself out. That's been a little bit of a, 
a blessing to myself and to the owner there. It was a little closer home for me Um, with COVID and the shifts um, for the kitchen there. Things have been slower. So it just has given both of us an opportunity to keep that kitchen alive and going. And so really grateful to be able to be there and um, have had to make some pivots with blondies and yeah. So what the changes your major pivots? Everybody's talking about how they pivoted with the change of social distancing and everything like that. So can you tell us what you've done to pivot? Yeah. Um, well, I'm grateful I had had built a really good, decent momentum, especially for just starting by March. So by the time everything hit, I already had had a a good local following had been in a handful of cafes and had already been going with market of choice and just launching with them. Um, and I think the changes is just, it went from, I want to be everywhere and I'm going to go and seek all these places to, okay, how can I be a little more, um, intentional about the accounts that I currently have and the people that I'm currently servicing and how can I make sure I really love on them, help them through their changes and transitions. And so when a lot of uh, businesses were not able to service some of their shops or get their baked goods out, I chose to still show up and be in the kitchen and um, hand deliver all of their products to everybody and make sure I was really taking care of people. And even if they needed just a small order to service their gluten-free community and get uh, products still out to their customers, I was still taking care of them in that way while my salon business totally took a huge pivot and really tanked. (laughs) Honestly, it was it kind of became non-existent in a way and and understandably. And so Blondie's is really what kept me going emotionally. Like it was something that I, I was able to hold on to while a lot of things stopped. It was something that gave me excitement while everything was a little crazy. And I felt like I could still be of service in some manner, taking care of people and slowing down with them and, and going, okay, I want to take care of you no matter what, even if that's just once a month we're doing orders. So I didn't have minimums anymore. Mm. Just really wanted to show up and be there for the community. Um, and I've had to really evaluate what that looks like. I've had really big dreams and big goals for it. And honestly, Blondie's took a hit as well. So um, I've had to look at other work that still provides an income for me while I look at still having blondies on the side and not giving up on this dream. Okay, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your dream. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Tell us about the name of your company, Blondie's. And two, tell us what you've had to do differently to get your um, business revved up during this pivoting time. Okay, say that again, the name. Oh, where did I get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, tell us. Tell us about the name of your company, Blondie's Baked Goods. Okay. Um, 
I feel like Blondie's was harder. So naming my company felt harder to me than naming my own child. I took, I had to have like a huge poll, um, a group of people just really, I just wanted to have something really fun and really unique where it resembled me in a way, but it was something that was kind of cute and catchy, but not cheesy that would stick. So a lot of my friends call me Blondie. And so that's really where Blondie's came from, uh, is just being a blonde myself. And if you see the packaging, you have a really nice caricature. (laughs) Thank you. And that was another thing I was like, I wanted it to be cute. It's so that's actually a really fun story. I was, um, in a networking group and there's this a younger girl who's an art student at the U of O and she does these really cool art pieces where she will take a live picture of somebody and kind of turn it into, I don't even know what, how to describe it. It's not like a cartoon. It's a caricature sort of like, yeah, it's like a, it looks like, kind of like a cartoon ish. Yeah. But it's kind of like an emoji of you in a way. Yeah. So she, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I love your work. And I had this like image of creating that with myself, but I was going to turn it into this kind of like fun social media thing. Like this is what Blondie is up to. Like the ideal client of Blondie was going to be um, like working out and it was going to be this like character style of her. So I posted it um, on Instagram. And so many people gave me so much feedback of how much they loved it, that I was inspired to turn it into part of my branding and have it kind of as like a fun little icon piece. I love that. So that's what it turned into. Yeah. And you were just starting to tell us that with your baking business, you were doing some other things. Are you making, like, are you taking special orders from people? Did I see that? Yes. Oh, yes. You saw that. Okay. So, um, I, (laughs) I, it's so funny. Like, are you working 24 hours a day? (laughs) I felt like honestly, this fall, it was really great. I built, I started to build up some more momentum. So it kind of slowed down and I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Is Blondie's going to go away? Is, you know, am I going to have to close this down? And I had a friend who actually inspired me to create like a small menu of a Mm -hmm. direct to consumer. So it wasn't overwhelming to go into grocery, but it was just something like really sweet to service the local community. So I launched like a little menu and added a couple of other items. So paleo bread. So something like an everyday bread, um, a keto vegan paleo cake. Uh, Twix bars. Ooh. Oh, and pumpkin bread. Yum. And so I wanted to make sure I still came came up with the same. I wanted to have the same foundation of them all being paleo based. Uh, And so I did a, just like a fun little menu and it was just more of direct to consumer and whoever wanted to place an order, I would get their order ready and together for them. And it was just more of a personal touch. And it, honestly, it brought that creativity back to life to me. I kind of was feeling like, oh my gosh, here I go again, baking. It's mundane, right? You're yeah. just repeating that stuff you created and it's not quite as fun. Well, you kind of take the passion out of it as a creative 
person. And so it allowed that to come back to life again, that spark and excitement. Yeah. Looks like Sarah Marshall's joining us. Hey, Sarah. There she is. Hi. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yay. We're like, hey, where's the other Sarah? I know. <laughs> I had to pop on so you guys didn't think something was wrong with me, but I, I did. Was just I'm like, are you away. Okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hi, Donna. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys in the middle, but you should keep, keep talking what you're talking. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about some special items that Sarah brought on during the holidays. She had pumpkin bread, Twix bars uh a daily paleo bread loaf and what was the fourth thing i can't remember but anyway they all sounded delicious that's awesome i know i was scoping out your website last night <laughs> everything so sarah marshall what happened you're making sauce and you forgot about Thanks, the show right. my headphones went out well, again for some I reason i had it down for five, even though I know that it's not at five, but I, yeah, I was just making sauce because I got all these orders, which is great. But then Thank I just you. got sucked into it, you know? That's all right. Donna, can you talk, tell us about your experience with Market of Choice and how you ended up getting into your first Market of Choice store? I'm checking and thinking maybe it was the one in West Lynn. Is that your first one? Yes. It was okay. actually, they let me launch the buyer, let me launch in all three Portland markets. So, okay. um, Southeast and then Cedar mills. So I started there and it honestly, I, she gave me the green light. I had the green light oh, like two months after I launched Blondie's, but it took six months to really get to the, okay, we're ready for you to be in the grocery store. And a lot of that had to do with me wanting to have more of a professional look. I really wanted to have a good, like laid out professional looking label. I didn't want to just wing it and throw something out there. Um, and the buyer was really amazing about just holding my hand through that process and me double checking. Do you like this? Does this look good? Is this great for grocery? And so that it, they've just been incredibly wonderful in supporting me just launching and really not knowing what I am doing in this industry, but believing in what I am believing in wanting to create with Blondie's and um, supporting our local consumers. And they gave me a chance and I'm forever grateful for them. And they are still so wonderful to me. I think your experience um, loving people in the salon has transferred over to loving people in the food scene and people are really you. dig it so all right sarah marshall you did a bunch of research on donna well i just i um, tried finding her there's not a lot of information about donna on the internet just i like, know there's really oh, no like a basic google search of me yeah i couldn't find anything <laughs> Ooh. we always say that we're investigating our yeah. um our guests and so we do like a little research the night before just so we can really Really, like help to tell yeah. their stories so we'll do that a lot but yeah there's not a lot of info about so you I want to hear what Sarah found out. and I well I what I was gonna what I really wanted to talk about was that you you're a nutrition coach right yes um yeah I went and got my certification as a holistic uh holistic health coach from New York so that's what the schooling is that um oh gosh IIN 
That's so cool. You went to New York or you did it online? I did it online. Uh, and I did that. I really did feel like I did that before being a health coach really took off and was something that a lot of people, um, really got into. And it was based off of just me being inspired by healing my body, uh, with my own food journey and, uh, going gluten-free and how it changed my body and, uh, helping myself in that way, it really inspired me to want to love on other people and encourage them that they could really heal their body, uh, through food. Well, I was thinking, yeah, this time of year is a time that a lot of people try to make healthier choices. It's like a reset for everybody. So for our listeners out there as a health coach, do you have, um, any suggestions for what people can do to just make small improvements? Yeah, I have a lot of people that will come to me, especially when they hear that I love to cook and bake paleo, and then they get all pumped up and excited about it, especially since paleo has been a buzz uh, diet and word for a while. And I honestly tell them to just start small, uh, whether that's eliminating gluten. I always go to gluten because I feel like you can make a really big impact in your body and just the inflammation in your body. If you just start off with eliminating gluten, read labels. I'm so surprised by a lot of people, how they just aren't really looking at the label. What's in your food, uh, understanding all of the different things that are in our foods. Can you pronounce the, what the ingredients on the label to these ladies and they didn't know that flour was from wheat. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's a real big learning curve for some people to understand reading a label. And thankfully now it we're pretty laid out where it's like contains and then you lay out your allergens. Um, But I would really just say, starting with that, I think even if you don't have to be gluten-free, I think it's kind of fun to just give your body a little bit of a break, see what happens. You might be surprised. Maybe your joints don't hurt as much. Maybe you lose a little bit of weight. It's it's amazing how much um, inflammation our body can carry when we put something in it that is not serving it well. It takes two weeks for it to get out of your body. And oh, is yeah, it, I believe that. Is it damaging for people to kind of go back and forth or is it okay? Because I know that both of you have an allergy. So you, you know, you eliminate gluten altogether. But for someone who doesn't have that, is it is it okay to just, you know, try it for 30 days and then go back to eating gluten? You know like people don't really have to commit weird. forever. No, I went off gluten in 2012. And over the course of the first three what year? Oh my gosh, it's been six, eight, eight years. Holy smokes. Probably the first six years of that, if I ate any wheat, I would get sick. Me too. Yeah, that's what now, I hear. I think that's why now I'm- if I eat a little bite here and there, I don't seem to have a problem. So I'm thinking maybe whatever the problem was might have healed. I think I'm always afraid to try it because I'm like, what if what if I don't have any problems with it now? But what if I eliminate well, it and you then I go back to it and then I get like, sick when you eat stuff that you're allergic to you're always in a constant state of being allergic so yeah. you crave that thing yeah and so it just you just sort of deal with it and you don't even know but recently I stopped eating eggs for Ooh, a while how's that been that I did that I actually during Christmas I ate baked goods that have eggs in them, but I still haven't ate like a scrambled egg or a fried egg or any like whole egg stuff. 
It really wasn't that hard to do. I, I noticed, I was wondering if that's what you were doing because I saw the um, oat omelet that you made. You called it something funnier than that, though. What I did called you call it an outlet. <laughs> an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cute. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, I wonder if Sarah's going vegan. She's going to be gluten-free and vegan. But I can't be dairy-free anyway. because I'm a dairy products judge. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you I'm telling you, you when you start eliminating some of these different things, you, you feel different and you feel a little better. And I think it gives you, you a chance to listen to your body. Yeah. Like that, I, that's the biggest piece I've learned is like my body is telling me what's working and what's not working for it. If I actually just take the time to kind of tune in, like, Oh, I'm feeling a little puffy right now. Uh, I'm feeling a little lethargic and run down. What did I eat? Oh yeah. Over the holidays, I had a lot more dairy than I normally had. I consumed some sugar, sugar, and oh, I was having some wine and all of those pieces add up. They really add up into your body, especially if you do eliminate them. And so for me, it's like, oh, pump the brakes. I'm personally doing a whole 30 right now because I'm so inflamed. I can just feel it. Um, you've, it's, I'm puffy. I'm tender to touch. The weight gain is there. And a lot of that is all inflammation. And so what I don't actually dabble with gluten, I get so sick um, and feel horrible that I've just, it's been 10 years of it. And I just don't even bother with it. The only way it ends up in my mouth is if I like at work, I'll have to taste a cookie or something. And then I have to spit it out. I was going to ask, do you spit it out then? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the first things I think Sarah, one of our, our very first shows, I was curious about you because you, your job is dependent on making sure that people's food tastes good. So you like have to try it. Right. But yeah, yeah she just always spits it out. I spit it out. <laughs> Do do you ever do that in front of people and they think that it means that you don't like I their food? I teach people how to spit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You've never <laughs> offended anybody by doing how it? How to spit? No. <laughs> Good. People are like, you mean I can spit this out? I'm like, uh, yeah, spit it out. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Did you guys talk about your son, Donna? Nope. No. No, Let's not talk really. About- Let's talk about him. Because, well, I was curious what you found. What did yeah, you find? Well, I didn't, I didn't really find much of anything. Just, I knew that you were a nutrition coach and I knew that your son also is gluten-free as well. And so I was wondering what that experience is like for him, because I've only ever known adults that have, um, you know, had that allergy. And so I was wondering if it was hard. Actually for him, so I was surprised. Uh, I didn't know if he was going to respond well to it. So I did not put that on him. Like you need to be gluten-free because mommy's gluten-free. It was just like, okay, if he had crackers, I knew like I wasn't eating that. And cause kind of the mom thing, a lot of the times is you're like, your dinner is like their leftovers that they're not eating, but I just wouldn't eat any of that. And he was starting to get really sick and throwing up all the time. And I could not understand what was going on with him. And then just with, with my background and understanding food allergies and how they affect your body, that was immediately where I went to. Uh, and then I had him, I had blood work done and had seen that he had an elevation of gluten, but was also still told, 
oh, it's fine. He can have it. And I chose to take him off of it to completely to see if it changed. It completely changed. He has not been sick. He started gaining weight again because he was losing weight. Um, it, it was just really bad for him. And so he really has always registered that gluten makes me very sick. It makes me throw up and I do not want to feel that way. So I've had had zero challenges with him and he's been really amazing at handling it. He'll be like, does that have gluten in it? He says, glutens, does that have glutens in it? (laughs) And so, um, and I, and for me, it's like no big deal because that's how my life has been. And so he just knows like, when we go out, we look for gluten-free things and I'll say, I'm sorry, honey, that just has gluten in it. You can't have it. And he's like, okay, well, what can I have? And then we just talk about what he can have instead of it being this, like, what, yeah, well, and I like to cook and I like to bake. And so it's kind of a, it's a great thing for him because he's not missing out on anything. I make whatever he wants to have. Oh, you want pancakes? Okay. We'll make pancakes. You want a treat? Okay. What kind of treat do you want? Okay. I'll make it like, but I think for people who that's not their wheelhouse and that's, that could be a little more challenging. And that was another piece that really inspired me with blondies is especially like our, the grab and go pieces. I want our little kids to be able to have something that they can eat and still enjoy. And it tastes like a fun treat to them, but it's something I can feel good about. And not only mm-hmm. can I feel good about it because it doesn't have gluten, I can feel good about it for him because it's not full of sugars and grains. And it's, it's not like an actual treat. Like I can hand him a packet and for breakfast and feel like you're having a pretty decently nutrition, nutritious, uh, breakfast in the sense of a baked good. Does he have a favorite, favorite baked good that you make? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he's kind of like, likes it all chocolate, honestly, anything with chocolate. So he loves the chocolate chip bites. Um, he's a big ice cream fan. I make a lot of ice cream too. Um, but yeah, I would say anything with chocolate. I love making like chocolate fat bombs into like the little hard candies. It's kind of like whatever he's in the mood for, but like always like he's my recipe tester. So if I'm testing out stuff and it has chocolate, I'm pretty golden there. (laughs) It's probably his favorite job to be your taste tester. It is. Yeah. He actually likes to be the delivery boy. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. When we go out and deliver um, products to people in our coffee shops, he loves handing it. He'll be like, here's your blondies. And it's really fun <laughs> to have him a part of it. And sometimes he has no choice but to be a part of it because I'm single mom in it and it, we got to get deliveries out. And sometimes we spend our weekends taking care of our deliveries. That's how it is for me too. It's become that way that I'm Adeline, my daughter is seven and she never used to come with me on deliveries, but now I, I don't really have a choice because she's home. You know, I used to do them when she was at school. So she um, really likes that she gets to go in like the back door of the grocery stores. That's very exciting to her. And, and, and a lot of them, you know, they leave treats for vendors. So they'll have like a little bowl of like, you know, whatever, like a granola bar or something like that. And so she's always like, do you think they're going to have treats in there? <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. Like, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) You got to do whatever it motivates them to come along with the journey. Like, uh, he always, like Colby always knows he's going to get a hot chocolate, like a fancy hot chocolate with whipped cream and sprinkles and like all the fun stuff. 
And that's how I get them to go out. Like, oh, we got to do deliveries, but don't forget you get your special hot chocolate. And he's like, oh, okay, well, sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> same. It doesn't yeah, take cool. much to make it fun for them. <laughs> no, not at all. Thank goodness. <laughs> Usually that's just cool. a little treat. Well, do you have any advice for aspiring food entrepreneurs, Donna? Oh, I would just say go for it. Um, I really can get in my way. The perfectionist in me got in my way a lot. And if it wasn't for other entrepreneurs in the industry, just telling me, just do it, just go for it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. It's okay. Also asking for help. That was one thing that I think really served me well is I just had, I had to come to a place of no fear and just go for it. And seek out advice from people that, um, I looked up to, or, Hey, do you know this person that knows this person and just being willing to network? I think networking has been really crucial to me keeping going and understanding this. It's a big learning curve for me. And I had to learn a, from the very beginning. I had no idea how to put together a label or the nutrition, the branding packaging, and I have resources and support in all of those areas, but it just started with me being brave and bold and saying, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to jump in with both feet. It's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to just keep fine tuning it. I'll seek wisdom and people who are experts in this arena, whether that was labeling and branding and they'll help me and baby steps because I couldn't also financially do it all in one shot either. So each little thing had to be a layer upon each thing to make it become what it is. And it's still not even there. I would love to have different packaging and a different label and a different look. And it's like, it's okay that it's not where I want it to be, but that I'm just still moving forward with going forward with the plan of putting it out. I still put the product out. I still am going forward with what it is right now until it can evolve. There you go. I always tell people, once you get your food in a package, you already start trying to figure out what your next package is going to be. Oh, I can totally see that. Yeah. Just be brave and like, and just give it a shot. Just give it your best shot and see what happens? That's exactly what I had to do. I just went for it. And then I got lots of feedback. Um, I was willing to have people tell me that they didn't like it or that it should be fine-tuned and tweaked. And I would take in information that served me well, and then I would release other information that didn't serve me well, and then just keep moving forward. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Tell us one more time where people can find you. Blondie's Baked Goods with a Y. So Blondie's with a Y and I'm on Instagram and Facebook. More active on Instagram. I have more fun on Instagram. Yeah. And which stores? Uh, All of the market of choices. And uh, you'll definitely find them in our local coffee shops in West Lynn. So like Lark Cafe, Willamette Coffee House. And what if somebody wants to have you mail them stuff? Like I was trying to figure out, can I order online from you? If somebody reaches out to me, I'm happy to navigate um, delivering it to I've shipped them. They've been in New York and Florida and Idaho and Washington. So um, yeah, I'm happy to navigate that. Okay, 
Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, Donna. It was super nice to meet you, even though it was only for a few minutes on my end. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so much for you having me. Yeah. yeah. Very nice to see you. Have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be a part of your show. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. Find us on your favorite podcast platform on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you to our audio engineer and our production assistant. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message at Missoni and Marshall on Instagram, and we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers, by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.